All right, we got one segment to perk this program up, so let's do some obituaries. I suppose that is a laugh line, but in truth, we're all going to die. And that's just a fact of life. But when certain of us pass, we think that um, commentary is sometimes required or advised. So I'd like to say a word or two about the passing of Barney Rossett. Actually, until I read the obituary, I never heard of Barney Rossett. But yet, I was sort of familiar with things he'd done, and and I think so were you, dear listener. Because, noted his obits, Barney Rossett hated being told what he could and couldn't say. Back in 1959, the publisher decided to challenge America's strict censorship laws by printing D.H. Lawrence's Lady Chatterley's Lover. It had been banned by the Postmaster General, then the government's primary enforcer of obscenity statutes. It had been banned for promoting indecent and lascivious thoughts. The post office seized 24 cartons of the book, but a federal judge confirmed the novel's, quote, literary merit, unquote, a few months later and overturned the ban. Rossett went on to fight and win court battles over other sexually graphic books, such as Henry Miller's Tropic of Cancer and William S. Burroughs' Naked Lunch. The message sent out by those victories was clear. If you have freedom of speech, said Rossett, you have freedom of speech. He was the son of an Irish Catholic mother and a wealthy Jewish banker father. Rossett showed a rebellious streak from an early age. As a child, he idolized the bank robber John Dillinger, said the Washington Post. While attending Chicago's progressive Francis W. Parker School, he published a newspaper called The Anti-Everything. Back in 1951, Rossett bought Grove Press. This became a home for playwrights Samuel Beckett and Bertolt Brecht and of beat writers Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg, whose poem, Howl, was first published in Rossett's literary magazine, Evergreen Review. Well, Barney Rossett did a lot to, uh, to change what you can read and, uh, I guess, think about here in America, and for that we salute him. We also note the passing of Songwriter Robert Sherman, who died last week in Los Angeles at age 86. Richard, along with his brother Robert, were Walt Disney's songwriters of choice, and their music for Mary Poppins, including the jaunty A Spoonful of Sugar, contributed to that uh, picture winning an Oscar for Best Score. The Sherman brothers contributed songs and scores to many other Disney films, including The Parent Trap, That Darn Cat, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, and The Jungle Book. The Sherman Brothers received nine Academy Award nominations and won three Grammys, along with 24 gold or platinum albums. But what really uh, caught my eye about Robert Sherman's obituary was the fact that he wrote perhaps the world's most notorious earworm. Yes, apparently the Shermans are to blame for It's a Small World. Now, Mr. McMillan has been restrained from actually playing this tune. Radio Parallax is not about to take the responsibility of spreading that earworm throughout our listenership base. In fact, it's such a powerful earworm that even mentioning the name probably has it spinning in many of your heads right now. So as a public service, we're going to combat it the only way an earworm can be combated. That is by substituting it with something else. In fact, to commemorate the passing of the late, great Davy Jones of the Monkees, we'll 
Choose appropriately from their canon. Here we come, walking down the street. We get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and people say we monkey around. You know, the monkeys were a remarkable group. Four gold number one albums in one year. Never been done before, never been done since. We don't have time to do justice to the story of uh, Davy Jones, so let's close with something complimentary. Enjoying a Hefeweizen in Davis last week. I was thumbing through the Midtown Monthly, the February issue. started reading a really great piece about Buddy Bear, boxer Max Bear's brother, which I suppose makes him Jethro's uncle. But uh, there was a fine piece in the Midtown Monthly about uh, the Sacramento native, or at least uh, for quite a while, Sacramento resident, Buddy Bear. And I was struck by the excellent uh, piece of writing, and I thought to myself, you know, this must be a piece by William Berg. So I looked up, and sure enough, it was. Mr. Berg is a fine writer, chronicling uh, uh, things local to the Sacramento area, And by God, we've talked about bringing him on this show before. We are going to have to make good on that promise. He does fine, fine work. And I did have the privilege of interviewing him over at uh, Capital Public Radio's Insight some years back. It's time we brought him on to Radio Parallax. We also keep meaning to finish my story about uh, my adventures over at Insight. But alas, we appear to be out of time yet again. Yep, looks like I've been saved by the bell again. We just have time for a couple other items. Looks like uh, veteran Democratic Representative Dennis Kucinich uh, has been um, knocked out of his congressional race by newly drawn congressional district maps in Ohio. I got a feeling that some folks kind of arranged for Dennis to uh, exit stage left. According to the AP, veteran Democratic Representative Marcy Copter defeated uh, Dennis Kucinich in that district, and will face the winner of the Republican primary, who is none other than Samuel Joe Wurzelbacher, who became known as Joe the Plumber during the 2008 presidential campaign. Fill in your own joke here. And lastly, if you've noticed, as we have, that uh, your dishes coming out of the dishwasher just don't seem to be as clean as they used to, well, there's a reason for it. According to the appliance and kitchen experts at the General Electric, at General Electric, whom we imagine is able to afford quite a few more appliance and kitchen experts uh, with the money they're saving on taxes, dishwashing detergents no longer contain high amounts of phosphates. This is good for the environment because phosphate seems to be the rate-limiting step in algal growth out in our waterways. So a little bit of pollution containing phosphates um, can make a mess of things. So taking the phosphate out of your dishwashing soap um, is good for the environment, but let's face it, not so good for your glassware. At least if you had your heart set on crystal clear glassware. These days with less phosphate, your automatic dishwasher is liable to leave kind of a milky film on the glasses. This tends to be caused by the calcium that makes our water hard. About 85% of the country, including Sacramento, Davis, and the Central Valley in general, do have 
hard water problems. One fix for this is to use a detergent booster. Apparently today's boosters take the place of phosphates and act on buildup causing minerals. You can apparently also dump a couple cups of vinegar in the bottom of your dishwasher and run it on the coolest, shortest setting possible. Personally, I think it's a small price to pay for less water pollution. And I would note that we're out of time for today's show. We do get by with a little help from our friends, which in today's case included Dr. Sean and Mr. Gary Chu. I would note that this program, like all of them, is produced by Edward McMillan. You have been listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. And I would add in closing that we do our best to be upbeat on this program, but sometimes the news does conspire against us. But in the weeks to come, more science stuff. That's always good for a, a boost, I think. Once we're talking about funding of science, of course, but uh, uh, Radio Parallax guest Neil deGrasse Tyson was testifying before Congress this week about why we need to spend more money on NASA. We hope he uh, bent some of those uh, senators' ears. Because uh, I'll be in my 80s in the year 2040, and if an asteroid's going to head for the Earth, I want it to be diverted. At any rate, that's our show. We'll see you next week.